Welcome to the media ministry of Crossroads Church Aspen. To learn more about Crossroads, visit our website at ccaspen.com. We hope you enjoyed this message by Pastor Steve Woodrow. Awesome. Well, good morning, everybody. Thanks for being here at the second service. Hope everybody's well. I hope you're hungry to hear the Word of God. Uh, I have actually several announcements, so let me just get us going. First of all, this is Chase and Megan Ruskus over here. Just stand up and wave at the everybody here. And uh, they are very special to us. Um, they've been serving in the uh, Middle East and are now uh, going to be journeying to Northern Africa, which we're really excited about. They are... Uh, they are some radical followers of Christ, and uh, I, uh, it's a joy to be a part of what they're doing. They'll be here next week, and we're gonna, uh, we'll let them uh, talk a little bit more. But uh, what's important is they will be after service back here in the fireplace room. I would love for you to get to know them and just to hear a little bit of their heartbeat of what God is doing in a very strategic area of the world and about their ministry, what God has really called them to. And they will also be here next week. Also, be there for you to talk to as well. So, thank you all for being here. Super exciting. It's very cool. Um, places to plug in. I just always want to encourage everyone, ladies, right here every Wednesday at uh, 9.30 in the morning. Uh, study, wonderful study is going on. If you're more mid-valley, at Kylie Sanders' house every Tuesday at 6 o'clock. Um, excuse me? PM, yes, sorry, PM on that Mid-Valley one. And um, gentlemen, right here every Wednesday morning at uh, 6.30 here, uh, we're going through the book of Galatians. John Glimpse is leading us. Um, it's called The Forge. And uh, gentlemen, if you're Mid-Valley, um, Bryant and Preston Files lead The Forge Mid-Valley. It's every Friday at 6.30 at the Regis uh, workspace there right across from uh, Whole Foods. So uh, also tonight, uh, every Sunday night, we have the outpost right here at 6 o'clock uh, for simple worship. And we'll be, uh, Lee Malk will be leading um, teaching this, or actually leading us in discussion. We just break down what we talk about here on Sunday morning. And we have extended time of, of prayer and ministry time on Sunday night. Um, just kind of, we're also, one of the other uh, reasons for the Sunday night outpost is to offer a service for those who are working or on the mountain, seasonal workers. So just get the word out. If folks can't make it on Sunday morning, um, let them know that Sunday night is a great, great option. That's six o'clock right here every Sunday night. Also starting this Wednesday, we're going to roll out a, a new podcast. It'll be every, it'll come out every Wednesday called, uh, Root Issues. And Brian and Chris and I work together on this. And basically what we're doing is a 20-minute thing. We're just going root issues, d- diving a little deeper on what we talk about here on Sunday morning. So remember in the old days, you go to church on Sunday, and you always show back up on Wednesday for that kind of hump week uh, jolt again. Well, this is kind of addressing that issue, just a midweek time to just kind of recalibrate what we've talked about here as a church um, on Sunday. Uh, would love your feedback on that because it's in that that we'll address kind of any questions or things that, that people have, especially as we get deeper into the book of Revelation. So that'll be coming out uh, this Wednesday. Finally, let me just encourage, I've said this before, but I want to just encourage you to read ahead. This morning we're in Revelation 3, um, the letter to the church at Sardis, verses 1 through 6. Next week we're just going to move along to the, church, to the letter to Philadelphia, verses 7 through 13. I just encourage you this week, just go and spend some time ahead of time. If you come with already meditating, having God speaking to you in the verses, it'll be amazing how much more we receive and what happens in the midst of. So just, uh, just something to, to think about um, to do there. And, um, and I say on here, say hello to everybody online. Hello. So, 
Glad you're joining us. Um, all right. Um, are you alive? Are you alive? How do you know you're alive? It's not a trick question. <laughs> How do you know you're alive? Yeah. There's, I mean, let's just talk medically, right? There's a few major vital signs. We call it, right? Your heart rate, your blood pressure, your oxygen intake, and what's the other one? Something else. But um, those are the base levels to know if somebody's alive, right? But I'm asking a deeper question. That's the body, right? How, how do you know your soul's alive? And I asked you this morning, are you alive? Is the life of God pulsating inside your soul? How do you know you're his child? How do you know that God knows you, loves you, has saved you? How do you know that the Holy Spirit resides inside your, your temple, your body, that you're his, that no one can snatch you from his hands? No matter where this world goes, you know you have the assurance that you're his, that you can rest in him, that this book is his very words to your soul. How do you know you're alive? How do you know your soul is alive? That your heart, your soul is pulsating. That your spirit is alive. Not just your body, not just... Because folks, let's just fake it. We're a bunch of great fakers. We're a bunch of great liars, all of us, right? How you doing? I'm okay. Life's good. All's good. Busy, busy, busy. We can look great on the outside. We can have it all together. We can look good. We can be in shape. We can have all the check boxes checked. Right? And from the outside, people will go, man, they got it together. They're alive. We can be in church. We can go to Bible study. We can be studying. We can be in, you know, know our theology. We can be leading all kinds of things in the church and be dead on the inside. And this is exactly what this letter is all about is Jesus comes to the church and starts, says, you have the reputation of being alive, but you're dead. But you're dead. And uh, folks, I, I think we're in a season right now, right? And I think we all can relate to it, right? Life gets ahead of our soul. Does that make sense? Well, this like life gets ahead of our soul. Gets busy, we get, get focused on thousand things. And where's our soul? We just, our soul is left behind. And, and, but we're just going faster and faster. And the feed is coming more and more. And, and we're just, we're consumed, right, with, with life and and. And, and our soul is just left behind us, and, and we never give it a chance to catch up. We never give, I mean, is our soul, is there, is there anything in our life that outside of church that forces you to be quiet and listen to your soul? No, I mean, it's just everything's about picking up the pace. Got to be here, got to be there, right? Um, we're in this constant kind of state of feuding right now, right? There's always a battle. There's always an issue. There's always something going on, Right? And that just this, and I don't know if you saw the recent statistics, but this should be heartbreaking. This should mobilize us to be a people of prayer more than anything recently. And let me say, uh, there, you know, granted the, the, the corona pandemic, there's a pandemic going on right now that is far worse and far more lasting than anything corona will ever do. And it's a pandemic of anxiety. The re recent statistics on the anxiety levels of Americans right now are off the charts. At all level groups, 
Those are going to be implications that just rock our world from generations to come if we do not have, and I see the good doctor nodding his head, right? Unless we, unless we, uh, unless we recognize this and unless we deal with this, we're so focused. I'm so discouraged with our leadership. We're so myopically focused. We've missed the bigger picture of what is going on in our culture today. The real issues that we really need to be dealing with. And it's the church. The church should be stepping in right into these things. And it's just this pandemic, right? Of, of living out away from our soul, right? Not having life inside our soul. And folks, if there's a message of the good news of Jesus Christ, there's nothing, there's only one thing that can bring something that's dead alive. There's only one thing. There's only one thing. Mankind, technology, nothing. There's only one thing that can bring something that's dead and make it alive. And that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's when the spirit of God and the love of God gets a hold of somebody's soul and their spirit, no matter where they are, no matter what's going on, and it just brings this fire of the life of God inside their soul and it pulsates, right? The life of God and life comes. Folks, that's salvation. We all should give, be able to give testimony to God's life inside us when we received, as we're gonna see here, the gospel. When we received his grace into our lives and the reality that, uh, of knowing him, and the assurance of our salvation, all those things um, are things that we sadly can, uh, can miss completely. And before long, folks, it's easy, right? As we run in this pace, we, our soul gets left behind and we fall into a compromised life. We compromise with the world and everything gets fuzzy. And death, right, will reign you know, on the inside, though we keep it together on the outside. And folks, that message for the, us as individuals is the message Jesus is giving to the church. How are we doing? How are we doing? How, is there life? Is there the presence of God in this place? Is there evidence of his working hand in saving people, transforming people? Is there evidence of his power among us, right? These are legitimate questions that this message, I believe that this message and the one to allow to see are loud and clear to the church in America today more than any of the other letters. These ones we need to heed, right? Are, are, are we awake, you know? And, and to not fall into, hey, we got a bunch of activities going on. We got some Bible studies, we got programs. We, gosh, we got a nice building. We got all these things happening. But boy, are we, a lot, is, are we ever stopping to, to really, you know, lift the hood and look under? What is really going on? Is there real presence of God among us? And so this morning, I'm going to just only have one screen this morning, and I just give you this, two things. It's either crucifixion or it's compromise. There is no other route. Either I am following apprentice to Jesus, walking in the way of our Lord and learning what it means to deny myself, pick up my cross daily and follow him, or I'm in the process of compromising with the world around me and my soul moving towards death. And... Uh, and Jesus gives a wake-up call to this church. They had gone, compromise had taken over, and they were at a level of where he said they were dead. That compromise had gone to a level where the, the fire of God inside was all but dead. And, and the fire in the church itself was dead. So uh, he, he gives some, some strong things, right, to say. But hope you'll take this, think about it this week, just dive into these verses. Our soul is either coming alive because we're walking with Jesus and learning to deny ourselves and what it means, right, to take up crucifixion or our soul is dying 
because we're compromising with the world around us. Does that make sense? And we'll get into a little bit, what, is this, what does it mean, take up crucifixion? What, what is that all about? Well, we'll, we'll get into that here a little bit this morning. Um, folks, so it's this idea in the end, another word I could put up here, another C word is just conquering, right? Jesus says, to those who conquer, I will give. Jesus' expectation for those that he saves, that are his children, is that we would overcome, that we'd be overcomers, that we would be conquerors. It is to those, right, who make a stand, who do not compromise with the ways of the world. Those are the ones who are left standing. Those are the ones that Jesus is coming for. Um, And some very strong words. And I I think, again, just a little side note, this is why it's so important uh, to always read the whole counsel of God. You can hang out in certain parts of the Gospels and just have this one nice fluffy little, you know, uh, loving God, gracious, merciful God, fluffy feel of who Jesus is, and he's come to save us, and all this wonderful little lovey thing, which is all so true, but if it's not balanced with the full counsel of God, old and new, that God is a righteous, holy God, and he will hold his church accountable. He will and expects those who've received free grace, right, to walk in a manner worthy of that grace. We have to have the whole right, counsel of God and the whole gospel uh, to hold on to what God um, desires. So with that said, let me dive in here to uh, Revelation chapter 3. This is the letter of the church at Sardis. Either Jesus' words to John, the revelation, as he wrote it down for us as God's word. And to the angel of the church in Sardis, write the words of him who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars, that's Jesus defining himself. I know your works. You have the reputation of being alive, but you're dead. Wake up, strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have not found your works complete in the sight of my God. Remember then what you received and heard. Keep it and repent. If you will not wake up, I will come like a thief and you will not know at what hour I will come against you. Yet you have still a few names in Sardis, people who have not soiled their garments and they will walk with me in white for they are worthy. The one who conquers, overcomes, will be clothed thus in white garments and I will never blot his name out of the book of life. I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. He who has an ear, Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Wow, word of God. You know, I, I, as I read this this week, I just even personally and just for, for our church and for just the church in America, you know, my prayer was, Lord, take, take the, is it the AED off the wall, the pads? Holy Spirit, come and just, just jolt us. Bring us to life, God. We need a new, we need a fresh pouring out. We need a a jolt of your goodness. We need a jolt of your power. We need a jolt of your love, right? Just come, Holy Spirit, and awaken us, right, to to your glory. So um, I'm just gonna walk through these verses. Um, Let's just talk through these this morning and uh, and talk about how how do we do this? How how do we know in our own lives that that I'm, I'm walking with Jesus towards crucifixion, toward what it is to be a disciple of Christ, that God's life in my soul is expanding versus compromising with the world around me and the life of God dissipating inside my soul. How do I, 
what do I do here? And it begins, as we're going to see, with repentance, which just says, God, I, I need you. And folks, remember, the Christian life is a supernatural endeavor. This is very important. This is different than any religious thing, any religion, any pursuit of any other thing in spirituality or any. If it, this is not based upon, in other words, you can't do it. I can't do it. I can't be holy. I cannot follow Jesus. I can't just follow these rules, which the whole Old Testament is proof of that. Right? Even if you have signs, wonders, and miracles, you can't obey without a heart change, without this internal radical combustion of the Spirit of God inside our soul, awakening our soul to want to please God more than myself. That's what Jesus means, a denial of myself, laying aside the old life, putting on the new life. Setting aside my desires the way I think. God, please, it's a supernatural endeavor. Our Western mind has us all messed up on that. Is it, none of this can happen. None of these promises can happen outside of a move of God. A move of His Spirit. And so it begins with this cry. God, come do what only you can do. God, come and awaken my heart. Awaken me with your love and your reality. Do what only you can do in my life. In other words, it's not about more religious activity. It's about anointing. And what Jesus is saying here is the problem with the church in Sardis was there a lot of activity, but there's no anointing. Activity without anointing is compromise. It's dead. And we have a lot of activity in the church today. Where's the anointing? Where's the supernatural reality of the very presence of God among us, inside our souls, right? Transforming the radical, right, testimonies of this is who I was, this is who I am now because of the power of God, because of the love of Christ, right? Where is that? The anointing, and I use that word because it's all in Scripture, you've been anointed, the Spirit of God anoints things. When he anoints things, he empowers things, and it becomes holy, it becomes a lighthouse, right, that shines, right, for the glory of God. And uh, we, we don't want just activity without anointing, and so that's a question we all should be wrestling with. Where's the anointing in my life? Where's the favor of God, the reality that I know he's with me and that I'm not just going through a bunch of religious things? What's different about your life than your neighbor's life? What's different about your life than your agnostic or atheist or nominal person friend? What is different? Is it just because you call yourself a Christian? Is it just because you come to church? You see, we read the book of Acts. There was a clear, radical difference. They were people of the Spirit. The thing that set the church apart was the Holy Spirit's presence was among them. There was a sense of the reality of God among them. It was a boldness. It was the fruit of the Spirit, a joy unspeakable, a peace that transcended what anybody else could model anywhere else. Right? It just birthed out of, out of the soul, this life of God. It overflowed. Jesus said that, did he not? Right, that the streams of living water would flow out right from a believer's heart that is alive with God, right? And and that's those are the kind of questions we should be challenging each other with. Man, what's different about us? But let's bring it to the church. What's different about Crossers than any other club or group that meets? What's happening here that's different? Because God promises His presence among us. He's, he promises to do signs, wonders, and miracles. He promises to radically transform, heal, and love, and restore, and all those things. Well, is He doing it? Can we give testimony? I almost begin this time and just by saying, all right, let's begin this time. Do you just come up, whoever, share of the glory of Christ, what He's done for you. And folks, this is what we should do more of. The testimony should bubble up. 
there should be a non-stop communication with each other. Let me tell you. Let me tell you what Christ has done for me. Let me tell you what he did for me this week. Let me tell you what he's done for me in my life. Let me tell you what Christ is doing in me or my neighbor or people I'm loving or working with, right? This is the reality of God among us as his testimony rises up. We're talking about him, not a program, not this study, not that. We're talking about him and what he's done, his glory, right? That's life in the life of a church. That's why we have these mics up here. That's why here at the end, you're gonna have an opportunity, right? It's because we want to foster, right, the life of God for him to see, right? Among all the people, God's on the move. He's changing, he's moving, he's comforting, he's moving. He's, some of us, we're in a, a dry season. We're honest, we're pleading before God, right? That's life. And that's something you won't find out there, right? And, um, Again, I think, Lord, come, right? Jolt us with life here this morning. All right. The words of him who has the seven spirits and the seven stars. This is Jesus. And this is how he sets the tone. And so, folks, what we need to learn from this, number one, what are the seven spirits? Well, you go to to Revelation 1 and and 4 and 5 and see the seven spirits. That's the Holy Spirit. Now, remember, seven, we get into this book. We have seven letters to the churches. No coincidence. Seven stars, seven spirits. Seven is a powerful number of completion, wholeness. These seven letters to the church is a complete message to the church universal. From the beginning of time to the end, these are messages that we should all heed in the sense of God. And each one ends with, he who has ears to hear what the Spirit is saying, let him hear, right? Open up our ears. God, what are you saying to us? What do we need to heed um, from that that message here, right? So seven is complete. And what Jesus has, he says, the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? It means that, remember John the Baptist says that I'm baptizing you with water, but he who has come after me will baptize you with water. The Spirit and fire. Don't miss that. Right? Jesus is the one on Pentecost. He says, wait here. Wait here. Don't move because until the Spirit of God is poured out upon you, right, and empowers you, right? So it's Jesus who holds. He is the one who brings forth the life of God that moves inside our soul, redeems, saves, heals, all right, all of those things. And it puts us on mission. And the seven stars, who are the seven stars? Well, seven stars, you go back to Revelation 1, are a representative of each angel over each church. So Jesus is the one who has the realm. He oversees all, it's his church. This is his church. It's not my church, not the elders' church. It's not even your church. This is Jesus' church. We, folks, get this. We have been redeemed into his family, into his church. And as soon as Jesus stops ruling and being the head of this church and a pastor or anybody else, we're in big trouble. This is his church. He's the ruler. He's the reign. He's, he's the one that we need to call the shots. He's the one that we look to. He's the one that we submit to. He's the one that we listen to. He's the one that we're listening to, right? And he has his church. And, and folks, a little side note on this is please, in this Western individualistic move that we're, that's happening here in, in this season is do not buy the lie that you can follow Jesus outside his church. There's no exception to that in scripture. You will compromise. You will not overcome. There is no, there is no exception to this. There is no option for faith with Jesus outside of his local church somewhere. To be a follower of Jesus is to be intimately integrated to his local body 
somewhere. Each of these letters is written to a local body. Nobody outside that. But matter of fact, when Paul had to do some discipline in church of Corinth, he set the person outside the church that the enemy would buffet them. Right? They, were, they were taken outside of cover that they would, what, repent and come back. And so I just say that with all my heart, just please, please, we have to fight this, this individualistic, this kind of, this idea that, oh, I, I can kind of take church or leave it. There's no exception to that in scripture. There will be no moving to overcoming and the blessing outside of his local church. Jesus, this is his body. It is what he's looking for. The whole book of Revelations, we'll get into it, is, is God preparing his bride, his church, right, for his coming. And for all these things, there is not safety outside. We get outside of the body, right? We expose ourselves outside of the favor of God. I could go on and on and on here. And so uh, this is what Jesus is saying. I'm the one who oversees the church. I'm the one who, who wants to pour out the spirit. What he's basically saying is no matter how dead we are, only Jesus can bring it to life. So he's the solution. He has every resource. They're all supernatural resources. You notice it's not, we can't like just muster up and do something. It first begins with God. We plead with you, come, awaken us again. And he will flood, he will come in with his force of renewal to our lives. He says, I know your works. You have the reputation. Welcome to the media ministry of Crossroads Church Aspen. To learn more about Crossroads, visit our website at ccaspen.com. We hope you enjoyed this message by Pastor Steve Woodrow. Awesome. Well, good morning, everybody. Thanks for being here at the second service. Hope everybody's well. I hope you're hungry to hear the Word of God. Uh, I have actually several announcements, so let me just get us going. First of all, this is Chase and Megan Ruskus over here. Just stand up and wave at the everybody here. And uh, they are very special to us. Um, they've been serving in the uh, Middle East and are now uh, going to be journeying to Northern Africa, which we're really excited about. They are, uh, they are some radical followers of Christ. And uh, I, uh, it's a joy to be a part of what they're doing. They'll be here next week, and we're gonna, uh, we'll let them uh, talk a little bit more but what's important is they will be after service back here in the fireplace room. I would love for you to get to know them and just to hear a little bit of their heartbeat of what God is doing in a very strategic area of the world and about their ministry, what God has really called them to. And they will also be here next week. I'll also be there for you to talk to as well. So thank you all for being here. Super exciting. It's very cool. Um, places to plug in. I just always want to encourage everyone, ladies, right here every Wednesday at 9.30 in the morning, a study, wonderful study is going on. If you're more mid-valley at Kylie Sanders' house every Tuesday at 6 o'clock, um, excuse me, p.m., yes, sorry, p.m., on that mid-valley one. And um, gentlemen, right here every Wednesday morning at uh, 6.30. Here, uh, we're going through the book of Galatians. John Glimpse is leading us. Um, it's called The Forge. And uh, gentlemen, if you're Mid-Valley, um, Bryant and Preston Files lead The Forge Mid-Valley. It's every Friday at 6.30 at the Regis uh, workspace there, right across from uh, Whole Foods. So uh, also tonight, uh, every Sunday night, we have The Outpost right here at 6 o'clock. Uh, for simple worship, and we'll be, uh, Lee Malk will be leading, um, teaching this, or actually leading us in discussion. We just break down what we talk about here on Sunday morning, and we have extended time of, of prayer and ministry time on Sunday night. 
um, just kind of, we're also, one of the other reasons for the Sunday night outpost is to offer a service for those who are working or on the mountain, seasonal workers. So just get the word out. If folks can't make it on Sunday morning, um, let them know that Sunday night is a great, great option. That's six o'clock right here every Sunday night. Also, starting this Wednesday, we're going to roll out a, a new podcast. It'll, be every, it'll come out every Wednesday called uh, Root Issues. And Brian and Chris and I work together on this. And basically what we're doing is a 20-minute thing. We're just going Root Issues, dr- diving a little deeper on what we talk about here on Sunday morning. So remember in the old days, you go to church on Sunday, and you always show back up on Wednesday for that kind of hump week uh, jolt again. Well, this is kind of addressing that issue, just a midweek time to just kind of recalibrate what we've talked about here as a church um, on Sunday. I uh, would love your feedback on that because it's in that that we'll address kind of any questions or things that, that people have, especially as we get deeper into the book of Revelation. So that'll be coming out uh, this Wednesday. Finally, let me just encourage you. I've said this before, but I want to just encourage you to read ahead. This morning, we're in Revelation 3, um, the letter to the church at Sardis, verses 1 through 6. Next week, we're just going to move along to the, church, to the letter to Philadelphia, verses 7 through 13. I just encourage you this week, just go and spend some time ahead of time. If you come with already meditating, having God speaking to you in the verses, it'll be amazing how much more we receive and what happens in the midst of. So just, uh, just something to, to think about um, to do there. And, um, and I say on here, say hello to everybody online. Hello. So glad you're joining us. Um, all right. Um, are you alive? Are you alive? How do you know you're alive? It's not a trick question. (laughs) How do you know you're alive? Yeah. There's, I mean, let's just talk medically, right? There's a few major vital signs, we call it, right? Your heart rate, your blood pressure, your oxygen intake, and what's the other one? Something else. But um, those are the base levels to know if somebody's alive, right? But I'm asking a deeper question. That's the body, right? How, How do you know your soul's alive? And I asked you this morning, are you alive? Is the life of God pulsating? inside your soul. How do you know you're his child? How do you know that God knows you, loves you, has saved you? How do you know that the Holy Spirit resides inside your, your temple, your body, that you're his, that no one can snatch you from his hands? No matter where this world goes, you know you have the assurance that you're his. That you can rest in him, that this book is his very words to your soul. How do you know you're alive? How do you know your soul is alive? That your heart, your soul is pulsating. That your spirit is alive. Not just your body, not just... Because folks, let's just fake it. We're a bunch of great fakers. We're a bunch of great liars, all of us, right? How you doing? I'm okay. Life's good. All's good. Busy, busy, busy. We can look great on the outside. We can have it all together. We can look good. We can be in shape. We can have all the check boxes checked, right? And from the outside, people will go, man, they got it together. They're alive. We can be in church. We can go to Bible study. We can be studying. We can be in, you know, know our theology. We can be leading all kinds of things in the church and be dead on the inside. And this is exactly what this letter is all about is Jesus comes to the church and says, you have the reputation for being alive, but you're dead. But you're dead. 
And uh, folks, I, I think we're in a season right now, right? And I think we all can relate to it, right? Life gets ahead of our soul. Does that make sense? Well, this like life gets ahead of our soul. Gets busy, get, get focused on thousand things, and where's our soul? We just our souls left behind, and and but we're just going faster and faster, and the feed is coming more and more, and and we're just we're consumed right with with life, and and and, and our souls just left behind us, and and we never give it a chance to catch up. We never give. I mean, is our soul? Is there is there anything in our life that outside of church? that forces you to be quiet and listen to your soul. No, I mean, it's just everything's about picking up the pace. Got to be here, got to be there, right? Um, we're in this constant kind of state of feuding right now, right? There's always a battle. There's always an issue. There's always something going on, right? And that just this, and I don't know if you saw the recent statistics, but this should be heartbreaking. This should mobilize us to be a people of prayer more than anything recently. And, and let me say, uh, there, you know, Granted, the, the, the corona pandemic, there's a pandemic going on right now that is far worse and far more lasting than anything corona will ever do, and it's a pandemic of anxiety. The re- recent statistics on the anxiety levels of Americans right now are off the charts at all level groups. Those are going to be implications that just rock our world from generations to come if we do not have, and I see the good doctor nodding his head, right? Unless we, unless we, uh, unless we recognize this and unless we deal with this, we're so focused. I'm so discouraged with our leadership. We're so myopically focused. We've missed the bigger picture of what is going on in our culture today. The real issues that we really need to be dealing with. And it's the church. The church should be stepping in right into these things. And it's just this pandemic, right? Of, of living out away from our soul, right? Not having life inside our soul. And folks, if there's a message of the good news of Jesus Christ, there's nothing, there's only one thing that can bring something that's dead alive. There's only one thing. There's only one thing. Mankind, technology, nothing. There's only one thing that can bring something that's dead and make it alive. And that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's when the spirit of God and the love of God gets a hold of somebody's soul and their spirit, no matter where they are, no matter what's going on, and it just brings this fire of the life of God inside their soul and it pulsates, right? The life of God and life comes. Folks, that's salvation. We all should give, be able to give testimony to God's life inside us when we received, as we're gonna see here, the gospel. When we received his grace into our lives and the reality that, uh, of knowing him, and the assurance of our salvation, all those things um, are things that we sadly can, uh, can miss completely. And before long, folks, it's easy, right? As we run in this pace, we, our soul gets left behind and we fall into a compromised life. We compromise with the world and everything gets fuzzy. And death, right, will reign you know, on the inside, though we keep it together on the outside. And folks, that message for the, us as individuals is the message Jesus is giving to the church. How are we doing? How are we doing? How, is there life? Is there the presence of God in this place? Is there evidence of his working hand in saving people, transforming people? Is there evidence of his power among us, right? These are legitimate questions that this message, I believe that this message and the one to allow to see are loud and clear to the church in America today more than any of the other letters. These are the ones we need to heed, right? Are, are, are we awake, you know? And, and to not 
fall into. Hey, we got a bunch of activities going on. We got some Bible studies. We got programs. We, gosh, we got a nice building. We got all these things happening. But boy, are we a lot? Is, are we ever stopping to to really, you know, lift the hood and look under? What is really going on? Is a real presence of God among us? And so this morning, I'm going to. There's only have one screen this morning, and I just give you this: two things. It's either crucifixion or it's compromise. There is no other route. Either I am following apprentice to Jesus, walking in the way of our Lord and learning what it means to deny myself, pick up my cross daily and follow him. Or I'm in the process of compromising with the world around me and my soul moving towards death. And... Uh, and Jesus gives a wake-up call to this church. They had gone, compromise had taken over, and they were at a level of where he said they were dead. That compromise had gone to a level where the, the fire of God inside was all but dead. And, and the fire in the church itself was dead. So uh, he, he gives some, some strong things, right, to say. But hope you'll take this, think about it this week, just dive into these verses. Our soul is either coming alive because we're walking with Jesus and learning to deny ourselves and what it means, right, to take up crucifixion, or our soul is dying because we're compromising with the world around us. Does that make sense? And we'll get into a little bit, what, is this, what does it mean, take up crucifixion? What, what is that all about? We'll, we'll get into that here a little bit this morning. Um, folks, so it's this idea in the end, another word I could put up here, another C word is just conquering, right? Jesus says, to those who conquer, I will give. Jesus' expectation for those that he saves, that are his children, is that we would overcome, that we'd be overcomers, that we would be conquerors. It is to those, right, who make a stand, who do not compromise with the ways of the world. Those are the ones who are sta- left standing. Those are the ones that Jesus is coming for, um, and some very strong words. And I think, again, just a little side note, this is why it's so important and this, to always read the whole counsel of God. You can hang out in certain parts of the Gospels and just have this one nice, fluffy, little, you know, uh, loving God, gracious, merciful God, fluffy feel of who Jesus is and he's come to save us and all this wonderful little lovey thing, which is also true. But if it's not balanced... With the full counsel of God, old and new, that God is a righteous, holy God, and he will hold his church accountable. He will and expects those who've received free grace, right, to walk in a manner worthy of that grace. We have to have the whole, right, counsel of God and the whole gospel uh, to hold on to what God um, desires. So with that said, let me dive in here to uh, Revelation chapter 3. This is the letter of the church of Sardis. Either Jesus' words to John, the revelation, as he wrote it down for us as God's word. And to the angel of the church in Sardis, write, the words of him who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars, that's Jesus defining himself. I know your works. You have the reputation of being alive, but you're dead. Wake up, strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have not found your works complete in the sight of my God. Remember then what you received and heard. Keep it and repent. If you will not wake up, I will come like a thief and you will not know at what hour I will come against you. Yet you have still a few names in Sardis, people who have not soiled their garments and they will walk with me in white for they are worthy. The one who conquers overcomes. 
will be clothed thus in white garments, and I will never blot his name out of the book of life. I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Wow, word of God. You know, I, I, as I read this this week, I just even personally and just for, for our church and for just the church in America, you know, my prayer was, Lord, take, take the, is it the AED off the wall, the pads? Holy Spirit, come and just, just jolt us. Bring us to life, God. We need a new, we need a fresh pouring out. We need a, a jolt of your goodness. We need a jolt of your power. We need a jolt of your love, right? Just come, Holy Spirit, and awaken us, right, to, to your glory. So um, I'm just going to walk through these verses. Um, let's just talk through these this morning and, uh, and talk about how, how do we do this? How, how do we know in our own lives that, that I'm, I'm walking with Jesus towards crucifixion, toward what it is to be a disciple of Christ, that God's life in my soul is expanding versus compromising with the world around me and the life of God dissipating inside my soul. How do I, what do I do here? And it begins, as we're going to see, with repentance, which just says, God, I, I need you. And folks, remember, the Christian life is a supernatural endeavor. This is very important. This is different than any religious thing, any religion, any pursuit of any other thing and spirituality or any, any if it, this is not based upon, in other words, you can't do it. I can't do it. I can't be holy. I cannot follow Jesus. I can't just follow these rules, which the whole Old Testament is proof of that, right? Even if you have signs, wonders, and miracles, you can't obey without a heart change, without this internal radical combustion of the Spirit of God inside our soul, awakening our soul to want to please God more than myself. That's what Jesus means, a denial of myself, laying aside the old life, putting on the new life, setting aside my desires the way I think. God, please, it's a supernatural endeavor. Our Western mind has us all messed up on that. Is it, None of this can happen. None of these promises can happen outside of a move of God, a move of His Spirit. And so it begins with this cry, God, come do what only you can do. God, come and awaken my heart. Awaken me with your love and your reality. Do what only you can do in my life. In other words, it's not about more religious activity. It's about anointing. And what Jesus is saying here is the problem with the church in Sardis was there a lot of activity, but there's no anointing. Activity without anointing is compromise. It's dead. And we have a lot of activity in the church today. Where's the anointing? Where's the supernatural reality of the very presence of God among us, inside our souls, right? Transforming the radical, right, testimonies of this is who I was, this is who I am now because of the power of God, because of the love of Christ, right? Where is that? The anointing, and I use that word because it's all in Scripture, you've been anointed, the Spirit of God anoints things. When he anoints things, he empowers things, and it becomes holy. It becomes a lighthouse, right, that shines, right, for the glory of God. And uh, we, we don't want just activity without anointing, and so that's a question we all should be wrestling with. Where's the anointing in my life? Where's the favor of God, the reality that I know he's with me and that I'm not just going through a bunch of religious things? What's different about your life than your neighbor's life? 
What's different about your life than your agnostic or atheist or nominal person friend? What is different? Is it just because you call yourself a Christian? Is it just because you come to church? You see, we read the book of Acts. There was a clear radical difference. They were people of the spirit. The thing that set the church apart was the Holy Spirit's presence was among them. There was a sense of the reality of God among them. It was a boldness. It was the fruit of the spirit, a joy unspeakable, a peace that transcended what anybody else could model anywhere else. Right? It just birthed out of, out of the soul, this life of God. It overflowed. Jesus said that, did he not? Right? That the streams of living water would flow out right, from a believer's heart that is alive with God. Right? And, and that's, those are the kind of questions we should be challenging each other with. Man, what's different about us? But let's bring it to the church. What's different about Crossroads than any other club or group that meets? What's happening here that's different? Because God promises his presence among us. He's, he promises to do signs, wonders, and miracles. He promises to radically transform, heal, and love, and restore, and all those things. Well, is he doing it? Can we give testimony? I almost begin this time. And just by saying, all right, let's begin this time. Do you just come up, whoever, share of the glory of Christ, what he's done for you. And folks, this is what we should do more of. The testimony should bubble up. There should be a nonstop communication with each other. Let me tell you. Let me tell you what Christ has done for me. Let me tell you what he did for me this week. Let me tell you what he's done for me in my life. Let me tell you what Christ is doing in me or my neighbor or people I'm loving or working with, right? This is the reality of God among us as his testimony rises up. We're talking about him, not a program, not this study, not that. We're talking about him and what he's done, his glory, right? That's life in the life of a church. That's why we have these mics up here. That's why here at the end, you're gonna have an opportunity, right? It's because we want to foster, right? The life of God for him to see, right? Among all the people, God's on the move. He's changing, he's moving, he's comforting, he's moving. He's, some of us, we're in a, a dry season. We're honest, we're pleading before God, right? That's life. And that's something you won't find out there, right? And, um, Again, I think, Lord, come, right? Jolt us with life here this morning. All right. The words of him who has the seven spirits and the seven stars. This is Jesus. And this is how he sets the tone. And so, folks, what we need to learn from this, number one, what are the seven spirits? Well, you go to to Revelation 1 and and 4 and 5 and see the seven spirits. That's the Holy Spirit. Now, remember, seven, we get into this book. We have seven letters to the churches. No coincidence. Seven stars, seven spirits. Seven is a powerful number of completion, wholeness. These seven letters to the church is a complete message to the church universal. From the beginning of time to the end, these are messages that we should all heed in the sense of God. And each one ends with, he who has ears to hear what the Spirit is saying, let him hear, right? Open up our ears. God, what are you saying to us? What do we need to heed um, from, that, from that message here, right? So seven is complete. And what Jesus has, he says, the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? It means that, remember John the Baptist says that I'm baptizing you with water, but he who is to come after me will baptize you with The spirit and fire, don't miss that, right? Jesus is the one on Pentecost. He says, wait here, wait here. Don't move because until the spirit of God is poured out upon you, right? And empowers you, right? So it's Jesus who holds, he is the one who brings forth the life of God that moves inside our soul, redeems, saves, heals, all right? All of those things and it puts us on mission, 
And the seven stars, who are the seven stars? Well, seven stars, you go back to Revelation 1, are a representative of each angel over each church. So Jesus is the one who has the realm. He oversees all. It's his church. This is his church. It's not my church, not the elders' church. It's not even your church. This is Jesus' church. We, folks, get this. We have been redeemed into his family, into his church. And as soon as Jesus stops ruling and being the head of this church and a pastor or anybody else, we're in big trouble. This is his church. He's the ruler. He's the reign. He's, he's the one that we need to call the shots. He's the one that we look to. He's the one that we submit to. He's the one that we listen to. He's the one that we're listening to, right? And he has his church. And, and folks, a little side note on this is please, in this Western individualistic move that we're, that's happening here in, in this season is do not buy the lie that you can follow Jesus outside his church. There's no exception to that in scripture. You will compromise. You will not overcome. There is no, there is no exception to this. There is no option for faith with Jesus outside of his local church somewhere. To be a follower of Jesus is to be intimately integrated to his local body somewhere. Each of these letters is written to a local body. Nobody outside that. By matter of fact, when Paul had to do some discipline in church of Corinth, he set the person outside the church that the enemy would buffet them, right? They were, they were taken outside of cover that they would, what? Repent and come back. And so I just say that with all my heart is please, Please, we have to fight this, this individualistic, this kind of, this idea that, oh, I, I can kind of take church or leave it. There's no exception to that in scripture. There will be no moving to overcoming and the blessing outside of his local church. Jesus, this is his body. It is what he's looking for. The whole book of Revelations, we'll get into it, is, is God preparing his bride, his church, right, for his coming. And for all these things, there is not safety outside. We get outside of the body, right? We expose ourselves outside of the favor of God. I could go on and on and on here. And so uh, this is what Jesus is saying. I'm the one who oversees the church. I'm the one who, who wants to pour out the spirit. What he's basically saying is no matter how dead we are, only Jesus can bring it to life. So he's the solution. He has every resource. They're all supernatural resources. You notice it's not, we can't like just muster up and do something. It first begins with God. We plead with you, come, awaken us again. And he will flood, he will come in with his force of renewal to our lives. He says, I know your works. You have the 